ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Sorry, I'm a day late. Uh, I'm wrapping up midterms week and uh, I had a thing to God, I've had a couple of like assignments do the last few. So it's just been like I've been uh, my attention has been elsewhere. I've also been prioritizing jujitsu more um, just for my physical and mental health. I just need the outlet. And so like allocation of time and my sleep got whacked out uh, again. Yeah, like I'm getting it back under control, but um, it's just like my schedule got whacked out, I guess, is, is a better illustration. And when it does that, I like I'm a lot less productive. So <laughs> it's been kind of a perfect storm for the last week, but I apologize for being a day late. Um, and I'm, I'm also trying to get to a place where I'm dropping two a week. Um, I do have something cool incoming. Well, I think it's cool. I hope you all think it's cool too. <laughs> uh, I've been introduced to this um, concept in psychology called uh like it, it's almost like a, a pointing at a somebody's predisposition to certain mental illnesses, um, which I don't <laughs> I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but it's called rumination. Right. And it's basically just being in your head a lot and like um, dwelling on things or like constantly th thinking, overthinking, flipping stuff over in your head. Kind of that kind of style of of uh, like overanalyzing um reflecting a lot or trying to find meaning in things that may or may not be there and stuff like that. Um, which I mean, some of that is, is the more maladaptive end of it. It's like, it's not always a bad thing. I, I I'm glad I am this way, uh, a ruminator, but also it can lead to, uh, some issues too. But anyway, I, I got introduced to the concept. Uh, and so with the, I've been trying to find a, a way to, um, kind of get back into the thought lab stuff. Um, but I, I, for some reason I pigeonholed myself in doing that, um, by kind of like writing things in a more of an academic style. And that requires research, which requires more time than I have right now. Um, or like sometimes I have the time and it'll, what I want to talk about or what I find interesting and just parallels what I'm doing with school. So it's like, it's not, it's not extra work really. But, um, that hasn't really been happening and I've just been like prioritizing other things and trying to keep myself in a good routine um, so that my sleep doesn't get whacked out and all that other stuff. So Thought Lab was just the thing that fell off my plate, unfortunately. Um, but I'm I've been trying to revisit it uh, and, and I've, I've thought of some ideas, but I haven't had time to write the articles in the style I was before. So I'm going to start doing, in addition to the articles, like I'm still going to do that. Uh, like when I have the time, but, uh, the, I'm going to start doing, uh, ruminations. Like uh, that's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to do it through the thought lab side of things because that was part of my initial idea was with thought lab. I wanted to kind of stretch 
into areas that um, I don't feel like an expert, I don't necessarily understand, and I want to like explore those things and um, try to work through those ideas or problems or whatever they are um, in the Thought Lab construct. So uh, you'll see, hopefully this week, I, I like if I can get it done tomorrow, I will. Um, maybe even today, honestly, after I have class tonight, but I'm gonna do the first one on kind of how I've changed. Uh, it was brought to my attention recently that I have changed and it was kind of uh, in the context of, of um, how I how I used to sound and the things I was willing to talk about, I guess, or how I talked about them, or even my actual positions on things. Um, even though I don't think those have changed that much, uh, and I'll explain all that in the rumination. Um, but uh, it was pointed out to me that I, I I've changed, or there's a perception that I've changed over time, not necessarily for better or worse, just that it's it's happened. Um, and so I decided to go back and look at that. I listened to some of my old podcasts from the time frame that was pointed at. Um, I'm probably going to go <laughs> embarrassed. I'm going to be mortified, but on my way to school tonight, I'm probably going to listen to a few of the very first episodes too. Um, cause at that point I was like a 15 year chief. And so I just, I'm curious like how I have changed and I have this time capsule of myself over the last seven plus years, almost eight years. Um, and, and I never considered examining it. <laughs> Um, for that reason. So that's incoming. So it'll, the first one will be how I've changed and then I'll keep going with that. Like um, I'll try to find ideas or concepts or just like things that occur in my mind as I'm learning things at school or just reading a book or things people bring to my attention or whatever that are a bit more of the abstract or new or um, just things I don't know yet and, and do that that way and just talk through them. Um, cause I think it's fun and I think it will be of value and probably generate some really interesting discussions. So, um, that's the thing that's coming soon too. I'll probably, I, I won't always publish them on the normal D guts, uh, stream like the RSS feed. Um, but the first one I will for sure. And then I'll probably just do it periodically to kind of remind people that it exists and Hey, go check out the thought, the thought lab stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I'm excited to get back into that. I think that'll be therapeutic and fun and, uh, thought provoking and interesting. And I'll probably learn some things. So and I hope you do too, but you might just think I'm an idiot and that's fine. I accept that. Um, uh, but today I want to talk about, uh, the it was a discussion so for, it started in the discord the main server which i'll leave a link in the show notes um apparently and i'll make sh i'll try to make sure it's in my uh thing that's in the social media posts too with all the links and tags and all that but i've had a lot of messages recently probably like half a dozen in the last week asking me if i have a discord server like yes we have a discord server <laughs> um and uh, I will post the link so that people can jump into the main server because um, it's originally it was planned for Patreon only. And then uh, I've I've changed. I kind of evolved it into like there's certain channels that are Patreon only, but the main channel um, is open to whoever. So <clears throat> I will uh, put that link in the show notes for this episode. So if you want to be in the discord, just open the show description for this episode and there will be a link uh, to get you into that main channel. And then uh, it'll be in the social media posts from going forward. I'll add it to my little notes thing that I kind of copy and paste into those social media posts. If it's not already there, I thought it was, but um, 
but anyway, yes, we have a Discord server. Yes, you're invited to the main server. Uh, if you want to be in some of the other servers, go to patreon.com slash dspodcast. Become a patron today. Hey, uh, there's a bunch of other benefits, but some of it is is unique uh, Patreon or uh, Patreon only Discord channels. But um, it came up in the main chat and it was kind of like a and, and maybe I just read it this way. Um, but w- kind of what I got out of it was they were having the the whole generational discussion, which I've, I've talked about on the podcast a bunch. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my it's early ish morning for me <laughs> for my sleep schedule anyway and in the morning my uh throat head and neck cancery fuckery makes my throat weird especially right after i eat which i just did um that's why i drink so much kombucha it clears my you don't need to know it's gross um <laughs> it uh it, they start they were talking about um the generational thing and, and a big part of that was it was like the idea that I've I've talked about where I'm like uh, the older generation perpetually uh, misunderstands the younger generation. I mean, that goes all the way back to like one of those like ancient Greek philosophers. I forget which one made a comment about that. Uh, it, it is so it's like it's as old as time. The idea that the older generation thinks the younger generation's stupid and lazy and uh, doesn't understand anything and all that kind of shit. Um, and the, there was a junior sailor in the, in the main discord talking about to, with some of the, some of the saltier, like I got some E5s, E6s, she, a lot of chiefs, I think, uh, in the, in the server. And it's, uh, they were talking about that kind of idea of like how you're treated at like the older generation, which is just by virtue of attrition and time, time passing. Uh, they're in more of the senior leadership positions and then the younger people are in the junior positions um, and how they treat those young people like they're less valuable, less intelligent. Um, they're doing it wrong, Whatever, however you want to frame it, like where they're just exasperated by the younger generation's inability to conform to what they view as their cultural norms within the organization that is the Navy, right? So, uh it struck me as odd that more people don't realize that it's the other way around. <laughs> and like, I kept thinking about, I've been watching a couple shows that are in this orbit or movies or whatever with my wife. Um, but like the upside down and stranger things were like, it's like a, alternate dimension but it kind of like is layered on top of our own so but it's like things are kind of backwards there in a lot of ways i mean there's a bunch of other like fantasy and evil and all that stuff but um it it's just it's upside down it's backwards it's reversed it's like somebody played the reverse uno card um or the what's it called i think it's reversed and uh for whatever reason people can't grow it's like if things continue continually progress evolve whatever word you want to apply to it over time and people seem to be getting more intelligent more technologically advanced um discovering new and exciting things that the previous generations would have never even imagined right it's like when a when you're trying to teach your grandma how to use the internet you know like it's there's so much objective evidence that 
everything continues to get better and people continue to get smarter and more capable and uh, come up with new and exciting ways to solve problems and do things in a more efficient manner, blah, blah, blah. There's so much evidence, right? But for some reason, we're stuck in the mud in with this weird cognition about that like every generation is is progressively worse and it's the most backwards logic you could possibly have when if you really took a took took some time to like detach and like back up your field of vision a little bit and look around and really try to try to impartially analyze what's been happening over time it's like of course everything's getting better but like for some reason um people in those positions continue to just be frustrated and, and form this like adversarial position towards the the next generation, right? Like whoever's coming to relieve them. Um, it's that's the part that I, I like am baffled by. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about like, why is that? And what's going on here? Um, it. <sighs> Part of it, I mean, it's like it's it's an easy button for me because I think it really is the overarching problem. But I do want to dig a little deeper. But it's when you're not taught leadership development education, it's like you're just not capable of recognizing certain things to be true. One of which I believe is that the next generation is, in fact, more intelligent, more capable, um, if not like immediately, like the potential is really obvious and it's our job to develop that potential as leaders. Like that's our prime directive. And so to enter into that relationship from a position of like they have less potential and they're less capable and less intelligent is self-sabotage. It's like you're just it's like those memes where somebody's riding a bike and they stick the stick in their front tire and then blame it on something stupid that doesn't make any sense instead of the stick that they just stuck in their front thing. Like it's self-sabotage. They did it to themselves and then they're blaming something else. And so it's like it doesn't make any sense to enter that relationship in in like a self-saboteur type of way uh, and then bemoan the, the new generation's inability to adapt or learn or whatever because you shot yourself in the foot on your way into this engagement right into the into the relationship of, of develop, developing these these people it's like it's not their fault that you're entering into it from that position with the understanding that um you like you create the self-fulfilling prophecy of they're not going to live up to your expectations so no matter what they do largely you're just gonna because it's that they're almost never gonna get it right the first time like pe people's learning takes time they're gonna screw up some stuff along the way as they progress and grow and learn and it's like the first excuse you get <laughs> if you enter into it that way you're gonna see you know like it's just like this confirmation bias you're gonna see it and you're gonna be like that nah, see they're useless if these kids today blah, 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 blah. you know and it's like that's not real man like one it's even if it was true like let's let's pretend for the sake of discussion that it was true <clears throat> okay it's still your job to get like the optimal performance like it's still your job to get them to the their potential uh, whatever that is, even if it's a notch lower than yours in your warped, you know, interpretation of things, it's still your job to maximize their potential. It's still your job to develop them all the way to their ceiling. Like just, 
you know, do everything you possibly can to get them to develop to their maximum potential. That's your job anyway, right? So why would you enter it, like enter into completing that task as if you want to fail? Because, because uh, again, like, I mean, even, even though generally as generations progress, I would argue they get better, more intelligent, more capable. But like that doesn't mean each individual is always going to be uh, going to have like a higher potential than the person that's doing the developing. Not always. Right. Like everybody's potential and ceilings are going to be different. Um, But whatever whatever the ceiling is, regardless of how it measures up to you and your generation, it's still your job to develop them to their maximum potential. Right. That's just a given. So if you're entering into it in any type of self-saboteur type way, it's like you're doing it wrong. Like you're you're trying to fail and that doesn't make any sense. And I don't think you're consciously doing that. I just think that based on you holding this this maladaptive viewpoint, it's like you then engage in maladaptive maladaptive behavior that harms your ability to lead, harms the organization and the team, just like harms mission accomplishment. So there's that right like even if it was true which i it's not i don't i don't believe um it still doesn't make sense to to conduct your yourself that way right as if it were true so let's now go back to the the (laughs) reality in my analysis um that it's not like that's not true that the new generations are progressively more capable, more intelligent, have higher potential, right? The why do why does the why does the older generation, which I should really understand better than I probably do because I am the older generation, but I just for whatever reason I think I'm wired a bit differently or I develop differently or whatever. Um, why do the leaders in my generation view the younger, newer generations this way? Um, again, to point, you know, I mentioned it already, the lack of understanding, the lack of leadership development and education. I don't think they have the tools to recognize that to be true. And it, it's more of like an emotional intelligence slash like just maturity thing where um, I don't think it's like not not necessarily that they can't recognize that these kids are smart, but it's it's like a. um they haven't developed the ability to take ownership of the process in a holistic way where it's like they think that that it's someone else's fault, which is just a, to me is a sign of immaturity. Right. When a leader is blaming everything but themselves and and just like it, it's hard to hold yourself accountable Um to something that it like there it's very easy to progress through this um negative thought process of like if it's my fault i'm bad right like if it's if if i if i'm doing this wrong it's because i'm a bad leader i'm a bad chief i'm a bad person and then you just can see the potential for that negative feedback loop to just be really destructive And, and it's very difficult for a human being to like tear down their own ego you know like and that's kind of what's happening in a way and this is something that i want to learn more about like i don't want to i i want to say this for two reasons one i'm just interested in it and two i want i don't want to 
try to portray that I'm an expert in this in any way just because I'm going to school for psychology, right? It's like, I don't understand this academically. I'm just speculating it from my own experience and intuition, right? It's like, I think that what's going on there is those people like just humans in general default more towards protecting and and like the preservation of their own ego like they don't want it to get bruised by exterior criticism let alone what would be even more difficult which would be them acknowledging that they failed and that's going to be a hit to their ego and that it's their fault and that's a hit to their ego and then they did it wrong right so it's like it's a lot easier and it's it's really a, a, a mode of like self-preservation um, by blaming other people, by pointing at a, a obscure entity, which is like them, you know, like the uh, the new generation, these kids today. Right. It's not I don't think most people. Um, even though like you'll hear it, you'll definitely hear people who are have a really low level of emotional intelligence and just like general maturity, leadership maturity, whatever, um, point at individuals and and kind of tear them down as being less capable because they're whatever. Right. Which they still say millennials, which is so stupid because like technically I'm a millennial and I'm ancient. Like I'm more like uh, in between, like I'm right on the bitter edge of being a. I think Gen Z or something or I don't remember where I don't remember the order, but you, you get my point. Gen X, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I'm on the border of Gen X and millennial. I think I don't know who cares. They're stupid. Um, <laughs> the the uh, I think that more often what you see is people pointing at the generational label itself because it doesn't you don't feel like you're you're attacking a person or an individual. Right. Which doesn't make you feel like mean. You know, you like you don't get that feeling of like shame due to the cruelty of attacking a, a person. Uh, it's I'm pointing at this obscure other entity. It makes it really easy to to place the blame somewhere that feels like it's an it's uh like not a net gain or loss like i it does it doesn't feel like it feels like non impactful cuz i'm I, oh it's just this generation you know it's like i'm not attacking Stephen Timmy i'm just placing the blame at the feet of the generation which he is he or she is a part of so you kind of there is a, an association there that you should feel bad about if you if you work through that enough. But I think I don't think that the recognition of that will come without that maturity, emotional intelligence, all that stuff. So I think what you're really looking at with the reason why these people are so comfortable with doing that is one, they don't have the emotional intelligence or maturity to a- accept the responsibility. Right. And I encourage this is a, you know, big Jocko fan. Um, you know, like a lot of people kind of eye roll or cringe at some of the stuff as he's gotten so big. I think it just happens to everyone once they get past a certain threshold of like fame or success. Uh, the world's just got to turn into crabs in a bucket. But uh, if you get even if you don't want to read the book, go. There's a, a TED talk that Jocko did way back in the day um, before he was like as famous as he is now and stuff about extreme ownership, like the origin story that's in the book. Um, and I highly, <clears throat> highly recommend just go listen to that and you'll understand kind of where I'm coming from here. Because if a guy like Jocko as a ta- I think he was a task force commander, task unit commander, something like that, 
um, when all this went down. So, I mean, he's a he's a senior officer towards the end of his career in a pretty high level leadership position. And that was kind of the point where this all crystallized for him. So it's not it's not something that a weak leader um, is going to. You're like you're not even close to that. Like you're still working on all these other things. Like I would, I like suspect and and I mean I want to say I know, but I I don't because I wasn't there. But like I'm pretty I'm pretty positive this epiphany didn't turn Jocko into the leader that he is now all at once, right? Like I'm sure he was a great commander to have, but there's a programming in the military to, to find the problem and fix it. So that can get turned into like to find who's to blame and place the blame there because then I need to hold that person accountable and that's fixing it. That's kind of a warped way of thinking about it. Not that accountability is important. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's still my fault for not properly training, properly supervising, putting the right people in the right place foreseeing issues, having contingencies, blah, blah, blah. Right. So like that's the part that he explains having this, you know, revelation about when they had the incident that they had and how he handled it and all those things. So I highly recommend checking that out because it's very illustrative of the idea in general, but also like a strong leader being in a position where that's when the revelation happened for him and how he then uh, dealt with the situation that he was in, which was really gnarly. Like it was a really serious thing, right? And and then how he decided to handle it, or he took complete ownership of it. Like, no, it's not anyone's fault but mine. I'm the commander. Blah blah blah. So like the go, go check it out. I'm not doing it justice, and it's it's really great. Um, and I think it will be really helpful. But I'll I'll try to remember to put a, le- a link in the show notes to that TED talk on YouTube. But um, it's. It's something that um, it's not surprising to me that more people don't recognize it simply because of that. Like, that's a great illustration of of how hard it is to get to a point where you can um, detach yourself from your ego, basically, and allow yourself and even be comfortable with, like, taking ownership of, like not doing something good enough of doing it incorrectly of not recognizing the actual need that a person under your care has uh, there's, there's like all these scenarios that can present themselves but instead of immediately trying to find somewhere to place the blame that's not at your own feet you start there and you're like okay what could i have done better and you it's like you it's like a process of elimination they they i learned this word and uh classy there it's like it, when you're doing diagnosis for psychology, it's like um, they call it parsimony, which is probably just, I know it's just a word, um, but they use it in this context as to be like, um, go find go kind of like uh, eliminate other possibilities for diagnosis before you arrive at the diagnosis that you think it is. Instead of just beelining for what feels right, you kind of like look at everything that's that's adjacent uh, or possible even and eliminate it as a possibility before you settle on what you think is a diagnosis because then the chance of misdiagnosing someone is much lower because you considered all these other possibilities right so it's kind of the same thing it's like uh, it's like leadership parsimony it's like you you uh, eliminate the you, like you want to start with yourself because you want ideally i mean and, and you shouldn't 
you shouldn't be like rationalizing your way out of any responsibility. Obviously, that's not going to be helpful at all. Um, but you want to start with yourself because you want to first identify because it's the most important whether or not you were the reason like what fault did you have what what culpability did you have in what went wrong and if you're in a leadership position you're always going to have some culpability you you will it's just going to vary in its severity depending on what happened um and you but you want to start there because that's that's what's going to be productive and that's what's going to make you a better leader because you're going to if you did screw something up and you, again you always have some responsibility um one you're going to be able to shore that up do whatever you can to fix it go learn something new if you didn't know if like it was a knowledge gap that led you to that error whatever it's going to make you mature as a leader but it's also going to allow for um an increased level of trust and understanding between across this generational gap that everybody loves to spend so much time thinking about it. It's like if I consistently start with myself and vocalize that when we're going through figuring out how we're going to fix the current problem, how we're going to try to prevent this from ever happening again in the future through lessons learned and all that stuff. If you're starting with this is this was my role in it. This is how I screwed up. This is what I'm going to do to be better because I'm the leader and I'm responsible for everything. Think about, I mean, just think about the, the unbreakable, like, scaffolding you build across the gulf that trust exists in, right? Between, like, the, the new generation and the old generation. Like, you're, you're creating this, this deep trust in that they understand that you're starting with yourself. They understand that, um, you, that you understand your role as a leader that you're there to serve them, to take care of them, that you really care about them, that you're going to start with yourself and not just blame them and scapegoat them and, you know, back the bus up over them every time something goes wrong to protect yourself. Right. Um, so. I get like, I guess the 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 solution, if there is one, is like maturity and continue leadership development and education like a maturity in your leadership development your emotional intelligence all those things like you really need to be chasing after this stuff um and and this is kind of why it's like the a whole a whole generation of leaders consistently believe that the new generation is the problem and that's like it's like the old adage when you get into like uh, i think it's it's a alcoholics anonymous or just like a a substance abuse thing generally of like um the f the first step in fixing your problem is acknowledging you have one right it's like this whole generation's in denial about that they have a problem and that the problem is them not the new generation um that was i want to point at that i want to talk about that for the reason of just like highlighting it as existing but also just like well why is that and what can we do about it and it's like yes it's obviously a problem because i know it's extremely common it's it, if it makes meme pages it's more common than anyone's willing to admit except for the meme page people and the people that follow them like the junior people but like it, like it's obviously a problem but then it's it's a it's a tall task for leaders to kind of conquer this again because you're 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 arriving at this place where you're able to kind of 
uh, check your own ego uh, and like or detach from it for the the purpose of uh, like self auditing. What did I do wrong here? And then taking responsibility for it because you understand it to be the right thing to do and a productive thing to do. Um, and again, even if it's not in a, like there's this thing that I, I always have going on in my head when I talk about these things about where there's like an emotional part of it because I'm like a, I'm a, a, an emotional human and it's like I, I tied up a lot of caring, like l- emotional caring about my people in my leadership. Right. So like it's a lot of the way that I, I led was um, just what felt right by these people like I wanted I I I was very um guided like very um I'm trying to think of the I was guided very uh closely by my moral compass right like by what I felt was right and ethical and best for my people um and it worked out pretty well (laughs) but it wasn't always productive so there's like there's like the logic side of it and then there's like the emotive side of it where it's like the logic based side of it is just like there's a problem that needs to get fixed. It's very clearly not that generation. And when you get to the point of reasoning your way through it, um, it's it just makes sense to do it this way. Right. And that's kind of what I'm trying to point out here is like even if you don't feel the feels, you know, like even if you're not a super emotional dude like me, it's like you it's still logically like objectively the right move to fix this problem to um, you, like you're taking ownership of and uh, like letting them know you're taking ownership of your fault in whatever went wrong. Even if you don't believe it's the right thing to do and or you're just like ambivalent about it, like from the caring side of things, it's like, it's still logically the the correct move to optimize your team's performance and to optimize your own leadership performance. It still makes sense and it's still the move. But then on the feel side of it, <laughs> it feels good, man. It's like the you get to care about your people if you're if you're a person like me that gets emotionally invested in them, which I feel like most people do, even if even if they don't have these tools, even if they don't. Um, have the understanding and the and the um, level of competence to do all these things correctly. I think even if they're, they're a brand new leader that that has very few leadership tools and is like fumbling the ball constantly and, and tripping and you know face planning, it's like they still genuinely care about their people for the most part. In in my opinion, um, but they don't know how to do the other side of it correctly. So it's it's. It's like a dual path thing, but I find that um, you're going to get furthest by doing both, right? You're going to get furthest by studying and letting your your heart guide you, <laughs> if that's how you want to how you want to look at it, like letting your moral compass point you in the right direction. It even it, it like I would say mo- most of the time you can get, definitely get yourself in trouble with just your just following your moral compass right because then it's like you can you can cross some familiarity lines you can do some things that are against policy or procedure or whatever or even jeopardize a safety uh thing because you're trying to do what feels right and take care of your people and make them happy all the time it's like that can definitely go down a dangerous path so it's like you need both but i i think 
you can get pretty far by following your moral compass if you don't have the answer just like academically logically you know maturity wise or whatever but i think that it's very important to have both and i think that you eat you it's probably and I, this hurts me to say it's probably more important to have the like objective logic based tools to do it right because again even if you don't it doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy and and maybe you don't even think it's the right move if you do understand it to be like logically the right move um you're gonna have better results they're not gonna be optimal because again like you go back to what i've talked about a million times like sailors can tell like they can tell if you care and that means something to them and it's important um and it's going to affect their level of trust for you um and willingness to follow you so it's like that's an important thing like don't get me wrong they're both very important but um i think that even if you're not a super emotional being you're gonna do a lot better by doing the things that make sense on both sides even if your motivation isn't to like get the warm fuzzies about i did the right thing and i took care of my people right which i mean you kind of have to be an alien to not experience that i feel like but whatever it's possible i guess um but yeah, I, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to spend some time on this because I saw that conversation happening and I've thought about it a lot because because then you can get into um, and I, this might just be a whole other thing, but I heard uh, somebody on a podcast basically talking about the concept everyone's a leader, right? And it's like I've, I've always hated that. I cringed the first time I heard it because it's like by saying everyone's a leader, you're devaluing the role of, of followers in the in like the construct of leadership it's like there are no leaders without followers like the only reason you're a leader is because the followers are willing to follow you so it's like by trying to say everybody's going to be a leader it's like that doesn't make any fucking sense at all it's such a intellectually lazy thing to say that people it's like one of those things people just thought sounded good um like a pr person came up with that is like it's just it's so brain dead um but anyway the it's the kind of the same thing it's like you you uh you need to understand what you're actually saying it's like of course they're more intelligent they have a higher higher level of potential and uh are going to move everything forward and the only thing that happens when you point at that generation and talk about how like they're useless or they suck in comparison to your generation the only thing that happens is they don't get developed in the way that they need to be which is bad no matter what is true right it's bad if you're right and the generation is worse than the last one you still have to develop in their highest level potential or you're leaving the organization in a worse state than you found it and not doing your job but then if it's not true or like if it's not true in that they are better than us, um, which I believe to be true as well. It's like then you're just self-sabotaging like doubly. Essentially, it's like you're not doing your job and developing them to their maximum potential. But you're also missing out on the opportunity to understand that they are, in fact, better than us in that they they have the potential to be. And all they need is for you to develop them and share their wisdom and then marvel at their ingenuity. But like you're not doing that and you don't even recognize that to be possible. Um, 
yeah, it's it's not the move. The the generational debate is complete bullshit. Uh, it's it's not a valuable thing to spend your time on. It's not true in my analysis. And it's like for you chiefs out there, it's the equivalent of you uh, talking about how incompetent your division officer is. Why are they incompetent? Because you haven't made them competent. And that's your job. So stop blaming them for you failing at your job. It's your job to develop these people. So, uh, you know, again, even if even if you want to cling to the belief that they're not as good as us, they don't have the potential that we have as a generation, blah, blah, blah. Even if you want to cling to that belief, it's still your job to develop them to whatever their maximum potential is. And you're not doing that. So get hot. Um, <laughs> I hope that was helpful in some way um, besides me just getting that out of my head. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a little bit because of that conversation. And I just felt like it would be a good thing to break down on a podcast. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'll wrap this one up. Uh, if you need anything from us, as always, hit us up. Don't corrupt ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't corrupt ship podcast. You can DM us on Instagram, Reddit or discord at D guts podcast. If you want to support us, you can go to D guts podcast.com. the donate button on the upper right hand corner of the website, or you can go to don't corrupt ship apparel. Get yourself some nail pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public at dgutsapparel.com. It's dope. You should check it out. Stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. And then, uh, yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Pick one of the five tiers. Become a member today. Get yourself in on those uh, super secret squirrel uh, Discord channels. <laughs> um, get you invited to certain things and just, like, um, allows you to, like, make suggestions for what I'm going to do on my next spin the yard. Stuff like that. Uh, so go check out patreon.com slash DGS podcast that that helps a ton. Um, and then, yeah, if you can't afford to spend any coin, no worries. Just like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things. Share the share the YouTube videos, subscribe on YouTube, share the podcast, tag your friends on social media posts, follow us, whatever, whatever, whatever works for you, whatever's easiest. Uh, it all helps, including you just listening. And we really, really appreciate you. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship. 